The Bloody Podcastacre with Zach Walters and Kennedy Catherine. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the B-L-O-O-D-Y podcastacre. That's the one. That's Zachary Walters. And that's Kennedy Catherine. I really forgot how to spell bloody. <laughs> and I didn't, couldn't even put together what you were spelling, so that's cool. I could have been mumbling for all you know. Uh, maybe some of you are new from the TikToks. Hi, hello. Welcome. They're um, not my TikToks. Listen. Some of them are on my account. I've made two recently. They got some attention. Yep. That's what we're talking about. However, the rest of the ones on the TikTok account, for the most part, are made by you. No. Well. Like a mix. Yeah, I'd say it's 50-50. You guys might get some ambient noise in this, and that's okay. We're not going to close the door. We need some airflow. Yes. How are you? You know what? I'm good. You are doing good. You were telling me before we were getting caught up. Yes. I haven't seen you in a little while. I know. You manifested some money into your life. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. It's not like a lot. I didn't win the lottery. Uh, Just like some nice side cash. Mm -hmm. And so I've been doing good. Feeling fine. Doing good. Getting gigs. Yes. Um, I was at your house. And and you were not there. Was not there. Which is sad. (laughs) I didn't break in. I was visiting her roommate. And I was out of town. Yes. So. Did you go and like lie in my bed or anything like that to feel close to me? Um, You could have. Your roommate had all of the doors closed. Yeah, okay. That's, All of them. I think that's, you know, out of it's respect normal. for my privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's fairly standard. I am not the type of person who's ever going to remember to do that if I have people over. Fair. But she is the professional hostess, if you will. 100%. Mm-hmm. She should really get into event planning and things like that. Wedding events. She could make a killing. She's done it. I know. But like a full-time <laughs> gig. Oh, yeah. Get into it. Get into it. I'm doing Okay. Good. Okay. Um. Actually, I will say. <laughs> You're like, well, you know what? I I'm a human being who has existed on the internet for a long time. Yes, which is wild to think about. Oh, I know. I've been pretty lucky that I've gone through a number of phases with different platforms where I was able to gain a certain amount mm-hmm. of notoriety. Not notoriety. A certain amount of popularity. So it started with Tumblr when I was like 18. A classic. You know, and I really that was kind of where I first like thrived on the internet. And then from there, I've been across certain different things. And you've kind of had like a moment in each Tumblr, Twitter, TikTok. Yes. And TikTok has become a ruthless place. I've noticed. Yeah. It is not good. No. And I was like shocked yesterday to have some some really awful comments come up. Like just like they're more than it was vile. Yeah, it was really violent. Having this feeling today of like it's not something that I know how to address online because it was so mm-hmm. kind of heinous that I don't want to... It's right. not a big mystery. It was just sexually violent. Um, but I don't want to like, trigger or upset anybody. But I also have this feeling of like, I want people to know this happens so that if it happens to them, they don't feel like it's an isolated experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you are someone who exists on the internet or you don't and, even and you're just yeah. like, like looking in, just know... If you have any sort of feeling about like, I wish I could do that, or it's not always a fun, enjoyable place to be. It can be really lonely. It can be really scary. If you have experienced somebody saying something awful to you, 
you're not alone in that. And also, it's very passive. Like, these people clearly don't care about you and in that instance that feels terrible but that's also just that person has no concept of who you are they don't care it's a throwaway Mm -hmm. comment to them it doesn't mean anything it literally is a pass like they pass by your video comment they leave they're not lingering they're not following you they don't want to know what you're doing no but it's just like it's so you're like such a strong person and so like seeing you like on social media dealing with those things is also like a nice like beacon mm. for a lot of people oh thank you um if anybody's listening and needs to talk wow are we a thing <laughs> send us a dm on podcaster one of us will respond yeah for sure um we will also defend you from the podcaster account i will go <laughs> trust me when i say i will come in hot we have done it for each other oh yeah <laughs> um so we will do it for you. Yeah, yeah. I have no problem with that. I will be the the defender of the internet. So all we ask for a payment is share it to five people, this podcast. <laughs> if you need our help, it will come at the cost of five shares that you can prove. I would like screenshots and receipts. Yes. And we will be watching our numbers. <laughs> so don't think we don't know. Okay, so I was looking the other day. We can see like um, in-depth analytics from mm-hmm. one of our platforms and we are extremely popular in philadelphia what's up philadelphia i know i don't understand we have a 48 percent listenership in the states and 11 percent of that is philadelphia that's so bizarre i don't think i know anyone in philly i don't you know what's weird i don't know i haven't looked at the analytics recently but so we are a canadian-based podcast mm-hmm. we for a while passed the threshold of it being 51 percent usa-based listeners why how where did how why is it the states i know people in the states me too but it's not going to make up 51 percent of my listeners. no and in fact like my best friend who lives in the states does not listen because <laughs> she's my best Shout friend out. but you know what <laughs> she doesn't like horror movies <laughs> you know what fair yeah um we've gone through deep dive of like where it's like less than one percent maybe someone one off listen to an episode and it shows yeah. up and i'm like bangladesh <laughs> you know it's like so like the internet is scary. It's so strange. That somebody has listened to our voices talk, have some sort of right-wrong opinion. <laughs> You're not kidding. We got, I think it was a review. It might have been an email, but I think it was a review where someone... On Apple Podcasts? No. Either way. One of the reviews said that they don't always agree with us. Which is so funny because I've never thought about this podcast in the sense that the listeners are agreeing or disagreeing. And I don't know how to make sense of that thought in a way that makes sense, but I often forget that it's like a thing. Oh yeah, there is two here. Yeah. Where did this come from? I don't know. Even if I disagree with their opinion sometimes, it's still funny and enjoyable. When do I make, when are we polarizing? Do we have hot takes that I just forget about immediately? Yeah, it's just funny to me that there's people listening and they have opinions about our opinions. I know. <laughs> that sounds so stupid, but I just never conceptualized it in a way that there's probably someone sitting in their car being like, no. Actually, no. I've had people reach out to me. Oh, this is true. I, I haven't. And that, and that our opinions are very wrong. I know. So never mind. <laughs> um, haven't done this in a while. But some horror-related news. Ooh. Um, American Horror Story Season 10 started. Have you watched? No, I have not. So the first two episodes came out. It's double feature, so there's two parts to it. Mm -hmm. There's Red Tide, and then I don't remember what the second one's called. But Red Tide is the one that's happening right now. And I'm really into it. Oh, good. You were feeling a little skeptical, so that's good. Well, because those posters were so, so bad. Trailers, you mean? No, the posters, too. Oh. Oh, right. Yes. They were bad. Um, 
It's a little weird, like the. I'm not taking a picture. I'm sorry. It's the face ID. Oh, how are you liking it? Uh, I don't. Do you have like a twelve? Eleven. Turn your phone sideways. No, you have a twelve. I don't think I do. How would I know? Does it say on my phone? It should. This is an iPhone twelve. I had no idea. Fun. Oh my gosh, you have like the AR stuff. Anyways. So you love the first two episodes. Yes, very good. Love seeing Sarah Paulson being Sarah Paulson. Is Sarah Paulson in it? Yes, and Lily Rabe. Oh, the OGs. Yes. Sarah Paulson plays a character called TB Karen, Tuberculosis Karen. Okay. Um, And she is cracked out. Like on drugs? She has seen some shit. I wonder if I can find a picture for you. Oh. Oh, she looks rough. Oh, I don't like that at all. Also, surprisingly, so Macaulay Culkin's in it. Mm-hmm. He's good. Him and Sarah Paulson are the two characters together. Like, their storyline is together right now. Oh, okay, cool. So, it's interesting to see them together, mm-hmm. and I, I'm really liking it. Are they related in the show? No, I think that they're both kind of on the same path right now, Got where it. they're both kind of just, like, less fortunate, mm-hmm. trying to find their footing. Have but also, they don't have TB. They just call them TB Karen. Nosferatu is being remade with mm-hmm. Anya Taylor-Joy, and mm-hmm. Robert Eggers is directing it. Have you seen the original? I have. I have not. What did you think about it? It's been a long time. I think I'd have to watch it with fresh eyes. Because it came out with... when? Oh, God. I don't even know. I was thinking, like, maybe 20 is at the earliest. 1922. I have not seen it. I think I would have to watch it with a better appreciation for film. I think I watched it when I was probably, like... 14 kind of thing fair and you're probably like this is so stupid exactly. black and white old movie fair. Yeah, like... Candyman was released recently mm. it has been getting rave reviews I've actually heard that I mean not surprising but I'm like happy for it I hated the original so See, and I haven't seen the original I watched it in a camper in the middle of nowhere you just said I haven't seen the original I watched it in a camper in oh the sorry <laughs> I meant to say I haven't seen the original in a long time oh, okay but I watched it for the first time in a camper and I was like what all of your stories are like, you know this terrifying movie? I watched it in the middle of a deserted road several hours that. away from humanity. I have done that. You're like, oh. In the middle of winter. Yep. Okay. Also, our favorite cardigan-wearing man is back in another horror movie, Ethan Hawke. Oh, I love him. Um, he's in this movie called The Black Phone, where he's playing an antagonist who is a part-time magician, which I am literally going to kill myself. Um, <laughs> I was just editing you talking about that. But who kidnaps and tortures children and ultimately kills them. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, it sounds like a good... He's going to be a good character for Yeah, that. he would and be. And so I'm very excited. I don't think there's been, like, teasers or anything, but just like that, it has been filming. That sounds good. Yeah. Also, have you seen anything of Brand New Cherry Flavor? No, I don't think I'm going to watch it. I watched the first episode and it's really good. I've heard that. I'm having a hard time watching a lot of horror recently. I think just because we have to watch it and mm-hmm. you have to watch it with, like, such a certain mindset that sometimes and i don't have a ton of time to be watching stuff like consistently so Mm -hmm. if i like sit down to watch something here or there um i watch like my hbo shows that are coming out like nine perfect strangers that sort of thing um and then mostly i'm watching comedies yeah i like have just watching like a lot of just like youtube videos me too something that i don't have to pay attention to do you know what I find so soothing? Uh, like YouTube drama channels about people and things. I, ha- I have no idea. I love drama channels. Just tell me. The hot gossip. About these people that I don't care about. Like the are- TikTokers? Yes. Ugh. But yeah, so I agree though. I have been watching. I just watched the first episode. But I'm kind of just like pacing it out. Because I'm like, I don't have to sit and binge it. 
I just don't watch TV as much anymore as I used to. Start of the year, I really was, I think, TV movie heavy. Mm. And now I've gotten into book heavy for the last half of the year. I think I just, you know, I was unemployed for part of COVID. And that was really all I did. Right. Yeah. I'm not. I'm good for a while. But then it's like nice because you have a bunch of things to catch up on later. It's true. I totally understand. Mm -hmm. I have one more thing. Okay. I slightly talked to you about this. And I don't know if any of our listeners read horror. Oh, yes. Go ahead. So I saw this TikTok, graphic horror novels to read. And it was on it. And I saved the TikTok a long time ago. And I kind of just like put it in the back of my mind, forgot about it. I was out thrift shopping with a couple of friends. And the troupe um, by Nick Cutter, my friend pulled off the shelf. The other friend I was with was like, oh, that's a really good book. Like, you should read it. So she bought it. And then I was like, oh, like, that sounds so familiar. And I went and looked. And I was like, oh, it was on that TikTok. So I took out the audiobook and I listened to it this past week. It was one of the most gruesome books I have ever read. Oh, okay. So I like usually listen like in chunks at work. And I kind of just like stopped listening at work for a while because I was more focused on, you know, like typing and work. (laughs) Work. But like I can do both at the same time. But this one I felt like I needed to listen, like actually listen to like the full plot and the descriptions. But so I was laying in bed the other night listening to it and it was like nine o'clock like I was just getting ready for bed and the descriptions of what was happening in this novel so what was like not don't give me like the plot but like what's the sort of the like brief synopsis sure this book follows a group of 14 year old boy scouts and their scoutmaster who go to like a small island off Prince Edward Island in Canada they do it every year just like for their scouts badges and they go on a hike whatever this man stumbles into their campground, essentially. He has this contagion tapeworm. The parts of the tapeworm and all of that, and, like, people getting, in, like, infected and not giving too much away, but all of that, because you expect it to happen with a contagion, that is gruesome. But it's even, like, just the parts of someone gets, like, their arm scratched on a tree branch. Mm-hmm. Since I listened to an audiobook, it is, like, five minutes of describing a cut <sighs> And you don't think of like a, a scrape like that. Right. And it's just like these all these words and these images in your mind where you're like, what? I've never thought of like a scrape like this before. Right. It's so much. I had to stop and I had to call my mom and I was like, I just need to like talk about something else. The story itself was good and it kept me like captivated through the whole thing. And there was a good payoff. I really liked the ending. But yeah, it was just like, I had to take a moment. Separate yourself. Yes. Breathe and it just out. like watch something like TikToks for a bit and then go to bed. Mm-hmm. I was like, I cannot finish the rest of this right now. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to throw that in there because that is something that I was dealing with. Well, it sounds good. It, it was very good. Stephen King said it was the gr- most gruesome book he's read in a while. Ooh, Came on 2014. That's a stunning so, review. Very good. They're making it into a movie as well. James Wan is directing. <gasps> I don't know if it was a movie news. or a TV series, but very excited but now that i know that there's a visual element that i have in my mind nothing will live up to that you know Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna be disappointed in the movie i feel it's i think it's always hard to have movies live up to books because no one is picturing it one way right you have an idea in your head Mm -hmm. no one can translate that it's in a cabin and i'm like picturing every cabin i've ever been to right anyways well speaking of cabins no it's a boathouse oh shit um speaking of outdoors places yeah (laughs) The uninvited. That's what we're doing this week. Um, I feel like we should just jump into the synopsis. Mm-hmm. All um, of my stuff is post. Me too. So this movie came out in 2009. It was a remake of Tale of Two Sisters. Here it is. 
kids. <laughs> I feel like I should like have like a keyboard and start like playing music to like intro you in. In organ? I don't understand organs. Me neither. Like did your parents or like do you know people who grew up playing the organ? It's, no. It was a very big thing here. It wasn't piano, it was organ. Uh, not here where you live. <laughs> where I grew up, <laughs> organ. Everyone played the organ. <laughs> did you grow up in like a haunted church? The Ukrainians know right. an organ. There we go. So That's where it is. Yeah. So everyone played the organ and then it eventually transitioned into everybody. I think his organs were more readily available versus a keyboard or a piano. I disagree. In the 80s though? Did yeah. they have like electric keyboards? Yes. Yeah. 70s maybe. Okay. Well, I'm not going to speak about organs as if they're a thing that I know about. Other than the ones inside of us. This movie opens in a psychiatric institution. Having been in a psychiatric institution for 10 months following her suicide attempt after her terminally ill mother died in a fire, Anna is discharged with no memory of the actual fire. Her father, Stephen, a writer who has dedicated his last book to her and her sister, Alex, comes to pick her up. At home, Anna reunites with Alex. The sisters stand against Stephen's girlfriend, Rachel, who had been their mother's live-in nurse. Alex criticizes Stephen for sleeping with Rachel while the girl's mother was still alive and sick, dying in bed. Anna describes to Alex how scenes from her dreams have started happening while she's awake. The sisters become convinced that the hallucinations are messages from their mother, telling them that Rachel murdered her so that she could be with their father. Anna catches up with her old boyfriend, Matt, who tells her that he saw what happened the night that her mother died. The two secretly plan to meet that night, but he fails to show up and she returns home. In her room, she has a hallucination of him, and the next morning, his dead body is pulled out from the water. The police state that he fell and drowned. After the sisters are unable to find records of Rachel, they conclude she's actually Mildred Kemp, a nanny who killed three children she was paid to care for after becoming obsessed with their widowed father. The girls try to gather evidence against her to show the police, but she catches them and violently sedates Alex. Anna escapes and goes to the local police station, but they do not believe her and call Rachel to take her home. Rachel sedates Anna and puts her to bed. When she wakes up, she finds that Alex has killed Rachel and thrown her body in the dumpster. When their father arrives home, Anna explains that Rachel tried to murder them, but Alex saved them by killing her. Confused and in a panic, Stephen tells Anna that Alex died in the fire along with their mother 10 months ago. Anna looks down to find that the bloody knife is in her own hand. Anna finally remembers what happened on the night of the fire. After catching their father and Rachel having sex, Anna became enraged and tried to burn down the house with her father and Rachel inside. However, she spilled a trail of gasoline that ignited when a candle fell over. Her mother was killed in the explosion, as was Alex. We then find out that Anna has symptoms of severe schizophrenia and dissociative identity disorder. The next morning, as the police arrest Anna for murder, they question Stephen, who reveals that Rachel changed her last name years ago to escape an abusive ex-boyfriend. At the mental institution, Anna is welcomed back by the patient across from her, whose nameplate reads Mildred Kemp. Honestly, one of the uh, most talented actresses in this film, Mildred Kemp. She has about mm, 25 seconds of screen time. True. I... Um, oh No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I saw this movie for the first time when I was probably like 15 or 16. Yeah, me too. And I thought it was the most genius film i had ever seen i agree i was like holy shit this is cinema (laughs) like you know this is an experience and i will never have it again 
And guess what? Had it many more times. Yes. And better, <laughs> different ways. With multiple of the similar plot. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's a very tame horror movie, I would say. It's a very like psychological thriller. I took a screenshot of the way someone described it. That was really good. An underrated teen thriller gem. Yes. Yes. That's It is a very teen, teen horror. And I didn't really remember it being that way. Mm. I knew, obviously, that the main characters were teenagers. Mm-hmm. But I think I remembered it a little bit more advanced. It is a little juvenile in a lot of its yeah. tones. There's not a lot of, like, jump scares. It's a lot of body horror, which I did not remember. A lot of good scares, though. Yes. There was some very good... Like, the bed scene in the beginning with the hands on the edge of the bed. I was like, I cannot... The scene where she, so her mother was in a boathouse separate from the actual house that they lived in. And uh, she goes down there when she thinks that her mother is trying to communicate with them. This like body basically contorts and then crawls out of the corner. And then she cowers beneath a window. And then the body, who is her mother, is pointing out the window and screaming. And that's where she gets this idea that she, that the mother was killed by Rachel, the woman inside. I completely forgot that that scene happened. And it left me a little freaked out. When I was going to bed that night, I kept thinking about that. I kept thinking about the hands. Yeah. And that's just like, because it was just like so like burnt and crispy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ugh. Yeah. And also, um, was his name Matt, the boyfriend, the friend? Mm-hmm. But where his like, yes, but his, um, his back. Oh, yeah. When it was like, so there's a scene where they're just like chatting and Matt's body starts contorting. And there's, like, moments where his spine is, like, separating, but also rolling along the skin of his back. Yes. And it was just, like, I mean... Yikity-yak. Take that back <laughs> to the boathouse. Um, but I also was like, that might be so nice. Just a good spine Ooh. rearrangement, you know? Just, like, a... The idea of someone <laughs> just, like, actually taking my spine out of my body and just, like, <sighs> like, a glow sticking it. Oh. oh that sounds please. amazing. And then just, like, properly putting all the bones black back, back in together. place. And just, like, sticking it back in me. And I'm, like, do-do-do-do-do, like, good to go. Ideal. That is my new fantasy. That's going to put me to sleep at night. <laughs> you listen to, like, ASMR, like, spine Bone cracking. cracking. <laughs> I actually do watch, like, ASMR chiropractic readjustments one thing that i kind of have qualms with in this movie tell me is i did see a post about it but then thinking back like watching it i was like you know what you're right is i wish that they didn't with the ending of this movie go past the reveal and that they kind of just ship her off to the um institution again so the part that i'm talking about is after anna is revealed to not be holding her sister Alex's hand mm-hmm. and that she's just been holding a knife and she's covered in blood. We kind of go through this like scene by scene through the whole movie. Remember this part? Wasn't there. Remember this? Just kidding. And it feels like, like... so essentially it'll be like a scene where Alex's sister was talking to someone else. You realize that they were like they basically reshow the scene in a way where you realize that this person was never even looking at her. Yes. They were just staring at the floor or yeah. Um, you know, they were just thinking to themselves. And so I wish that they hadn't have done that because it kind of takes away, I want to say like the smarts of the viewer to be like, in case you're stupid, here you go. Yes, I agree with that. But I also think it takes away from the rewatchability of it. If you have 
that part taken out, you go back and you're like, you would rewatch it and be like, oh, oh she my God. isn't talking yeah. to anyone. Right. You know, where it's like. Uh, yeah, for sure. And I guess they're assuming that we're not going to put that together. But because we did have that context, I was excited to go back and watch. Mm-hmm. And so maybe because it was pointed out to me as a viewer, I was so aware of it. And I wonder if I would have looked for it in the same way if they hadn't spelled it out for me. Fair. I do appreciate that. And I also think that it leaves more to the viewer's imagination in terms of what was Anna was really experiencing. Mm-hmm. If we don't know if she genuinely believed that whole time that her sister was there. That's true. Now, with that clarity, we see like, okay, this whole time, she really was watching thinking her sister was there. Whereas without that, we could have maybe think that she sort of like split her personality between mm-hmm. like these two things and like maybe she did have an awareness of it and maybe this was just sort of her cover story kind of thing okay yeah um i think that i'm gonna get into spoilers for another movie which we have not covered okay but i keep kind of doing the reveal to like the reveal of the sixth sense oh yeah you know where i don't remember if they do the same thing i can actually do this pretty spoiler free i can't remember i haven't seen it in a while i don't think that they do the back play of every scene can't remember either but i do remember objects that were read in that movie had a significant meaning that a member of the undead could like has touched or interacted with something right maybe that's just what i'm thinking that that was a post thing i don't remember if they do that i don't that's kind of what i'm comparing it to where i'm like you kind of just put it together i think that's like the sort of like teenager thing of it all if the audience was going to be if this was marketed towards adults we would have definitely not had to have it spelled out, but mm-hmm. I think because they were marketing it more towards like teens. Yeah, young teens, yeah. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Can I just say real quick, sometimes when we cover movies, like I'll look to see if other podcasts have have covered mm-hmm. it to see if there's anything that I can find in terms of like um, like production stuff. I found this one, but I was lying in bed and I was kind of like half asleep when I turned it on. And it was these two fucking guys. I wonder if it's still on my phone because I will personally call them out. Also, do you know this, like, The Uninvited was the sixth remake of A Tale of Two Sisters? Um, I had some awareness of that. I did not know that there was that many, like, iterations of it. Oh. Well, it hasn't been updated in six years, but I started listening to a podcast called Yeah, It's That Bad. Okay. Fuck those guys. Their whole thing was about Emily Browning. Browning? Yeah, Browning. Emily Browning's mouth. And like, and for what? And for what? And they were kept talking about how there was apparently like some sort of um, nods to whether they were intentional or not. I don't get the sense that they actually were intentional because I don't know why they would be. But there were apparently some nods towards Lemony Snicket in this. When I was doing some research, I did see some like random little things about that, but they were nothing that was like concrete. Yeah. So they were talking about, or that would be sorry, or that would be noticeable to like. A viewer who saw the Lemony Snicket version with Emily Browning in it. Right. To going to hear. Mm-hmm. So they were talking about her and her mouth and her lips and everything. And the one guy was talking about how she was more attractive when she was 14. Ew. Because her body and her head actually seemed proportionate at the time. And then they went on to have a conversation about who they found most attractive between the three of them. The stepmom. Or the two sisters. And then we're going on about the sexual tension between the three of them. I'm so fucking tired of... Where? Exactly. Of, like, men specifically 
whenever there's like two sisters in a movie that have a moment mm-hmm. of like showing any sort of physical affection, they're like, do these, are these sisters going to bang? Are these sisters into each other? It's like, do you, have you ever witnessed a female friendship, a female relationship? It just was so disgusting to my core, disgusted me of like how passively they were just discussing this as if anyone wants to hear your inner thoughts about that, first of all. But secondly, that's not what the fucking movie is about. No. If that's what you're going to make a podcast, that's what your opinions are on your podcast. You didn't need to start a podcast in the first place. But also, you know what? Yeah, it was that bad. And it was that bad. Your podcast. Your podcast was that bad. Two fingers. I wish I knew their names, but I don't. Anyway. Well, ew. Ew. So I stopped listening to that, so. Good. Was there any other ones? Have people uh, talked about really. this movie? No, I don't really think so. None of the, like, there's a couple of consistent um, horror movie podcasts that I listen to, and no. But speaking of the cast, I do think that the performances by the three main women were very good. Um, we are Emily Browning stands on we, this podcast. We've said it before. We'll say it again. We love Miss Browning. Where is she? I don't know. She was in a movie with Emma Roberts. Oh, okay. Maybe like three, four years ago, but that's kind of the last that I've seen. Well, I wish her well. Me too. Arielle Kebel. Also, what happened to her? I know. She was in everything in the early she 2000s. She was literally in everything. And I have to John go... John Tucker Must Die. Aquamarine. Yes. yes. Fantastic movie. I put it on my watch list on Disney+. Sarah Paxton. Another person. Where is she? Where is she? We miss you. Jojo was in that movie, remember? She was. But she's doing well. I'm proud of her. But Arielle Kebel, yeah. I had to go look at what I like really knew her from. Because I was like, there's something very specific. She played Lexi in The Vampire Diaries. Oh, I didn't watch it. This is a spoiler for people who haven't watched it, even though it has ended years ago. She died in The Vampire Diaries, and she was Stefan's one true love, not Elena, the main character. Anyways... I sobbed when she died. Mm. But I also sobbed it like every time somebody died in that show. It was so dramatic. And they played the saddest music and I would just sit and sob and then be like, well. Oh, okay. Well, RIP. To Lexi. Yeah. But not to the actress. She's very much alive. Well, I don't know. Don't I know. didn't look into that. <laughs> um, and then Elizabeth Banks. Did Elizabeth not know she was Banks. in this movie. I love watching a a movie with a surprise young Elizabeth Banks because she's been around for a long time. See, and let me tell you what my notes are. I did not know that she was working before Pitch Perfect or The Hunger Games. 40-year-old virgin. Never seen it. Oh, so good. I just didn't know that she was a working actress before. I just thought that this was kind of her, like, start was Pitch Perfect and No, I mean, she made Pitch Perfect. I know, and thinking (laughs) about that now, I'm like, she did. She is somebody who... At that age, something about her face looked, like, so severe to me. Or maybe it was, like, her character. I feel like it was her character, because her character was very, I put, her being portrayed as this devilish post-care nurse and stepmother was brilliant. Yes. It's not that she was, like, angry the whole time. Anna's view of her is what I think is what makes her, like, this devilish character. She had a quote that was basically, like, I played every single sentence so that when you go back... It has two completely different interpretations depending on how where you're at and what you know about the movie at that point. Hmm. And I that's so true. Because when you first watch it, you're like, oh, she's such a condescending yeah. little dick. She knows exactly what she's doing. Yeah. And then when you kind of figure it out, you're like, oh no, she's she's like trying, trying to and, like mend this relationship right. and have 
literally an only daughter because mm-hmm. she doesn't have kids of her own. Mm-hmm. I actually have no idea. I pulled that out of my ass. Does she have kids of her own? No, she literally says at oh, the right, end right, of the right. movie, yeah. she's like, I could never have a daughter. Yes. And so she's literally just trying to like build this relationship, which she knows is not doing well. And then she ends up in a dumpster. R.I.P. One thing that also in this movie that was very interesting, we've talked about this numerous times on this podcast and we're probably we're not going to get into it too heavy but this movie does take place in the realm of mental health um and we've discussed our thoughts on that numerous times but the very interesting thing is that they like kind of like pulled her out of it but then didn't give her a lot of nourishment she kind of was just like off on her own at some but this was also her perspective Oh, you You mean, like, like, basically they took her out of the psych ward and then just, like, left her on her own? Yeah. Yeah. It feels like she was just kind of like, here you go, here's the house, which all of the tragedies have happened. Yeah, definitely you could be like, hey, dad, maybe, like, don't bring her back to the house where her sister and her mom died. And And, and then just, like, leave her alone every day, all day. Yeah, and so there was that part where I was just like, maybe if this one step... We wouldn't be in the uninvited. Right. And also, like, with the mental health stuff and sort of our interpretation of what was actually happening for her, at the very end, when she sees Mildred and then Mildred closes the door and it says Mildred Kemp, it's like, okay, so ostensibly, she had lived with this girl in this place for the last 10 months. Mm -hmm. She did not know who she was. And she has this sort of knowing smile. I don't understand. If it was intentional. Right. Or if she was just fully, everything was just kind of confused in her brain and she concocted this other sort of realm that she was living in. That's a very potential thing that probably happened. Yeah. One thing that I didn't find an answer for on the internet, but somebody asked the question of it, is what was the significance of the pearls? And why were they so important? Because they were a very big part in the movie. But somebody, like, potentially thought that the pearls meant something. And I do... Hold on, I wonder if I still have it open. Oh, I do. I just want to read the sentence to you. That's... I found kind of interesting. Which I feel like this is me fully going for a reach. Okay. Um, The way that natural pearls are formed is when an uninvited irritant works its way into a particular species, causing it to coat the irritant and make it, like, disrupted and then having a pearl form. Okay. So, an uninvited, keyword, irritant. Mm. Do you think? No. I don't think so either. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I really was like, let me put this one point A to point B. Yeah. No, it's actually point A to point C. There's Although, no point B. Somebody did point out that the title is like very weak and not really related. It really has nothing to do. Like the uninvited, everybody lives there. <laughs> Everyone is quite literally invited. Like that's there's her no home. Invi- there's no invitations. Maybe her, like maybe the stepmom, but like she been done live there. Yeah, she is stepmom. Yeah, she's not girlfriend. No. Nope. Also, like you're uninvited now because this is not your home for the past ten months. <laughs> Speaking of the home. Uh, the second, the second we saw an external view, like out towards the water, I said, Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, I was and then like, I Googled it and they tried to film in the States. They scouted locations. And where did they film? Vancouver. Vancouver. Where? You can always, it's just like. You can just tell. You, you I'm just like, know Vancouver. There was a movie that I've never was set, been there. And I'm like, Vancouver. Yep. I've been in the airport. Mm, me too. There was a movie set in Japan. And just the pan out, I said to my roommate, Vancouver. We looked it up. Vancouver. Because it's cheap to film here. I know. Which is crazy. Can I talk about the scariest moment for me? 
Can I just have one more thing about the house? Of course. The one thing that I remembered is how much I loved this house and that I loved the bedroom doors. Those rounded top Mm -hmm. bedroom doors with the little window, little stained glass window. So cute. Also having that that boathouse that they turned into like an actual like den. Obsessed. I know. I was like, I would live in that little boathouse. This is, if we can't have the house for mother... This is the next Option one Option number down. two. Yeah. You're right. Okay, you're right. So tell me what scared you. Um, was not something that was actually terrifying. Was the way that Emily Browning decided to put a nail in the wall hanging up a picture in the fucking kitchen. So upsetting. Why the hell did she do that? It was so unorganized, chaotic, rogue. So in this scene, a couple scenes before Anna, who is Emily Browning, is having a conversation with the stepmother being like, something is missing in the kitchen. And she can't place what it is and then realizes that it's this photo that used to be hanging. And so she grabs a nail and a hammer. It's a jump scene into that. So like the first thing you see is the bang of the wall. And so it startles you. But then you realize that she's trying to like hammer this nail into the wall. Misses it seven times. Yeah. Puts holes of the like end of the hammer all around the nail. Hits the ha- like nail once. Then hangs the photo. And I'm like, that nail. You put something heavy on that. There's no support around that. It's just damage. It's just going to fall again. Yeah. And so I was so upset. I watched it and I was just like, Also, I, I know you. you live there. You're never getting your damage deposit back though. No. They probably own the house. I know that. Uninvited. That's... Her ruining the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that scene also, after she hangs the picture and she has the conversation with the stepmom and Alex is sitting on the counter, you can tell that she's not looking at Alex. That's the first scene where I was like, oh, right. This is what's happening. Right. It is sort of masterfully done because if you if you don't know to look for it, you're not going to notice that she's not looking at her. No, and it's none of them ever do talk to Alex. No, but it's very interesting because there's an amount of times where it's interesting because Anna talks a lot about Alex, not too much, but the way that she talks, it is in past tense. So it's never like in the moment, like, oh, well, Alex just told me it's like, well, Alex said X, Y, Z. And so there. With going with the craft of it, it is very well done in that sense, too. Totally. Yeah, there is no, like, plot holes in that way. No. Though the acting is really good, I read a review. I read tons of reviews, actually. And one of the things I do agree with is that some of the dialogue is pretty questionable. Yeah, but also I think that is questionable because it's a teen movie. It's a teen movie, all in all. So it's not supposed to be this dialogue-heavy nuanced explanation yeah, out right. the one you know you're right you make a good point um if my sister was walking around like that all the time though i would just say do you need me to buy you a t-shirt <laughs> true like alex is never not only in a bikini yes i Does she wear the same outfit the whole movie she doesn't so i did okay. look for that she doesn't she does change interesting yeah yeah do you are you cold yeah anything you need you need to borrow a sweater. Anything at all. A Leg blanket, warmers. <laughs> something. I did think that uh, when I did know this time, though, that there is a number of scenes where they have Alex like very um, abruptly leave. If she hadn't, she it would have been very weird. Like there would have been. Yeah, it just would have been awkward. Like, why aren't they having a conversation? Why with is no one else? interacting yes. with her kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And it did seem a little odd to me on the second watch. I was wondering why I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. flag anything for me. It's just like she's constantly leaving the room. Yeah. Which she's... I guess you could say is like she just doesn't want to be around the parents. Because mm-hmm. also I guess the whole story is that 
both of them are supposed to be upset that the stepmom has replaced the mom after this incident that has been not even a year Mm -hmm. after the incident. So it makes sense that she maybe is just not a conversationalist and that she just likes to up and go. I kind of do that. You, yeah. I just sit. Once again, when it comes to like production and stuff like this, it's an extremely cut and dry studio movie. Mm -hmm. So it had also the classic horror music. Same person who did the music for Exorcism of Emily Rose. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, I was like, when I was listening to it in the movie, I was like, this is very, very just like cut and dry horror music. Yeah. One of the reviews I said, I read said, um, the only thing scary about this movie is the way that Anna drops that roast and all of the classically scary horror music. Why were bags such a big thing in this movie? We had so many garbage bags with things in them. We had so many purses. We had so many bags. Yeah. And for what? Limbs. That first scene, I was like, this Spooky is gross. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. Yeah, that was the only thing that was like, oh, don't, for scares didn't age well. It's just makeup is never going to age well. No. Anything that you're like, oh, this is a dead body in a movie from the last anywhere before, I don't know, the last five years is just going to look weird. Mm-hmm. All in all, I would say that this is like, a solidly entertaining teenage horror film. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's just a very basic formula. It's got a plot twist that maybe you see coming, maybe mm-hmm. you don't. It's no better or worse than any other thing. And it still holds up, you know. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Me too. And it's short. It's short and sweet. I love that. Love I was an hour in and I was like, I have 15 minutes left. started a movie the other day. I was watching it with someone and the time popped up and it said two hours and 30 minutes. And I said... What movie? It's this new one with um, Marion Cotillard and uh, Adam Driver. Annette. And it's a rock opera. God, I started it. I shut it off. I despised it. Oh, we, we got maybe 20 minutes in before we, we turned it off. And then I read the entire synopsis. Bleak. I'm so happy I didn't Let watch it. Let me tell you, the reviews for that movie, five out of five stars. Yeah, Everybody is in love with it. Of course it. they are. We were talking about it. That, like... Good soup. <laughs> are you getting all of a sudden on tiktok my for you page is just french onion soup no i wish i I cannot figure out my mom just made french onion soup yesterday and she sent me pictures never had it don't like it don't want it it is all over my tiktok you never had it but you don't and you say you don't like it i don't like onions it is a it is just onion broth essentially it's beef broth but it's also like the cheese and the bread is so good about onion soup. French yeah, no, onion soup. No, I love it. No. But I haven't had it in years because beef broth. Oh, right. But I have seen like You can recipes. make it with veggie broth. I've seen people make it with mushroom broth with a cu- cup of red wine. Ooh. And so that it adds like that more Ooh. hearty flavor. I'm having a glass of red wine the second I get home. Mm. That sounds delicious. So what I was saying though is <laughs> <laughs> the reason that it's getting five out of five stars and I called this is because it's incredibly pretentious. I just, like, I've thought, I was like, you know what, maybe I will give it a chance. I have no idea what it's about. That first opening scene is so incredibly bad. Oh, no yeah. No one can sing. That first song, so it's just a repeating, kick. what was it, can I, we do it or something like that? I don't know. Or this is the beginning. I don't. It's all beginning. It's all starting. Oh, God. It was so bad. I just got so stressed that I could feel a zip forming. I'm not even kidding. Ugh, God. Well. That's all I have to say about that and also the uninvited. Let's write it. Let's do it. Scary. I put five. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's like teetering on like, 
it could be like really scary to some and not to others. My original watch as a teenager, probably a six or a seven. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. And settling. Four. Yeah, it actually did the night that night when I was going to sleep. I had some feelings about those hands and some ghosty ghosts. But nothing that I couldn't wipe away. It wasn't lingering for too long. I also just like don't really think I'm in a place in my life anymore where things are going to affect me that way. Nah, I say that. <laughs> I was like, that, um, we have said on this podcast that we have had nights where we have not been well. Yeah, true. Okay. Story. I put uh, six. I'm going to go 4.5. Oh. The, the only reason I say that is because it is a remake. Right. It, it is, is not an, an original. It's not an original story. And it's very much... Um, brought down it's boiled down to like it's very basic essentials for the fact that it is not a super uh highbrow movie for adults i have heard though through looking at reviews that the tale of two sisters is very very good like the original korean movie it is very like, very that good is above and beyond also, have you seen i have oh i have not yeah I'm, it's very good i highly recommend we should do it because it is actually though it is a remake the endings are slightly different also i didn't know it's based on a korean fairy tale yeah so that's cool mm-hmm and then lastly, was it a paper cut or was it a bloody massacre? It was uh, my spine just... I wish But it not in a good way. Not oh, in a good way. Okay. Two broken vertebrae. Ugh, too bad. Yeah, you know, it's one too many senses opening up. We had the sixth sense and this is it. It's one too many open garbage bags. Ugh. And for what reason? None. We don't need more rotting things in our world. Mm-hmm. I agree. Anyways, that's it. That's all for this week. Um, you know where to find us. I'm just not, I'm not going through the Rolodex this week. It's podcastacre everywhere except for our email, which is at thebloodypodcastacre at gmail.com. Well, sorry, bl- thebloodypodcastacre mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Um, that's it. That's all. Bless you. Live a well, lavish hi, life. Um, thank you. Some might say thank you. And some might say shut up. <laughs> Until next time. Fear moves in. <laughs>